0: AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at reproduction. And by propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Crude oil futures are lower this morning, but... WTI may have posted an upside breakout yesterday. We'll get to the bottom line of the fuel outlook for 2024, and what you should do to manage that risk. And it's time to make plans for the year ahead. What are you thinking about at this time of the year? We'll get some ideas from this week's Farmer Forum. (laughs)
1: Live on National Fruitcake Day, via Farm Journal Broadcast, (laughs) this is AgriTalk. This morning, we'll have a conversation with Phil Flynn of the Price Futures Group. Then it's the Farmer Forum with panelists Bob Birdsell and Brad Nelson. Right after the news with Michelle Rook, we'll get the scoop from Margie Echolkamp. I'm producer Big Apple Joe Stackler, and now, the top banana of (laughs) Agritalk, Chip Flory.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Big Apple Joe. Mm -hmm. So, uh, National Fruitcake Day. Does that mean that today is the day that we realize, eh, I'm not going to eat that?
1: (laughs) I realize that pretty much the first time I lay eyes on a fruitcake.
0: (laughs) Yes, you do. Yes, you do. All right, buddy. Thank you so much. Beautiful day here in northeast Iowa, about 30, 32 degrees. There is an occasional, and I don't know how else to describe it, an occasional snowflake will fall from the sky. A uh, little bit of a uh, dusting of snow overnight, uh, and it's starting to actually look like maybe it's winter out there. Glad that you're joining us on this Wednesday morning. We got the farmer Forum coming your way. Great conversation coming your way with Bob uh, down there in Northwest Missouri and Brad from Southeast Minnesota. Looking forward to that conversation. And Phil Flynn is coming up too. We're gonna have a conversation about what's going on in the energy markets. Michelle Rook joins us right now. How you doing, Michelle?
2: Hey, doing great this morning. Thanks, Chuck. Good,
0: chip, good, good. Chip,
2: Chuck, whatever. I, <laughs> it's one of those days.
0: Yeah, Michelle, you know I will answer to most, uh, most words, most names. Yeah, I don't even you know right. where that came from. So. <laughs> All right, hey, let's go ahead and get started with the news. What do you got?
2: All right, Chip. The Office of the U.S. Trade Representative has extended the exclusions on Section 301 tariffs on Chinese goods. These exclusions, which were previously set to expire on December 31st, have now been extended through May 31st of 2024. Additionally, USTR has announced the opening of a public comment period on January 22nd for existing exclusions. Now, China has granted licenses to 26 domestic seed companies, allowing them to produce, distribute, and sell GMO corn and soybean seed in specific provinces. The development is seen as a significant step towards enabling commercial cultivation of GMO corn and soybeans in China. And approximately 1.66 million acres of GMO corn are planned for planting across eight provinces. USDA's animal... Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service has announced the reopening of the comment period for its proposal regarding exemptions to regulations governing the movement of GMO products. The proposal aims to include five new genetic modifications that can be exempt from these regulations if they can be achieved through conventional breeding methods. Interested parties now have until January 19th to provide their comments. The state of Massachusetts has requested the dismissal of a lawsuit challenging its question three animal welfare law. They argue Triumph Foods' complaint lacks merit as the company cannot demonstrate harm resulting from the related regulations. The Q3 standards, which regulate pork sold in Massachusetts, came into effect on August 24th. Triumph Foods claims it violates the Commerce Clause and other provisions of the U.S. Constitution. Ukraine is experiencing both successes and setbacks in its ongoing conflict with Russia. In the Black Sea and Crimea, Ukraine has achieved naval successes, including destroying a large landing ship and shooting down two Russian jets, putting Russia on the defensive. But the ground campaign is facing some challenges. Meanwhile, the EU is preparing to aid an aid package for Ukraine. Block leaders failed to agree to nearly fifty five billion dollars for a four year package and are attempting to pass a plan worth about twenty two billion dollars. Shippers are gradually resuming use of the Red Sea for cargo shipping. Mm -hmm. The U.S.-led efforts to enhance security against attacks on vessels are giving transporters a little more confidence to increase the number of vessels sent into the Red Sea following a string of attacks on civilian ships. In the southern region of Gaza, Israel is intensifying its military efforts, and its military chief of staff expects the conflict to continue for several more months. This is at the same time humanitarian concerns are growing. Argentina expected a... To produce a near-record crop for 2023-24, the Rosario Stock Exchange estimates the crop around 137 million tons, supported by weather and a recovery after the last three droughts. This would represent a 65% increase compared to the previous campaign. However, it would be slightly below the historical record of 140 million metric tons reached in 1819. Can Can
0: you imagine... Being a producer down there in Argentina, Michelle, I mean, we're we're looking like you just said they've had three consecutive droughts. Finally getting a good crop, but you've got a changeover in the government, and it's yeah, there's no telling what Malay is going to do going forward, and how that's going to affect your total marketings. It's just right. what. What a mess they've got in Argentina.
2: Yeah. I mean, they thought he was going to lower the export taxes, which he may do eventually, but they increased the tax on both corn and wheat right away. So, Yeah. yeah, it's hard to guess. The Biden administration faces a significant decision regarding a $10 billion natural gas facility known as CP2. Opponents argue the project would result in decades of additional greenhouse gas emissions, but supporters contend the terminal would benefit the U.S. economy and assist Europe in reducing its dependence on Russian gas imports.
0: Been lucky so far this winter with the way that the uh, weather is treating them. We're going to talk about you that bet. with Phil Flynn coming up in the next you bet, segment. Chip. All right. Thank you, Michelle. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you this afternoon. Let's bring in Margie Echo Camp Editor of The Scoop. Good morning, Margie.
3: Hi, Chip. Good morning.
0: Okay. So you look at ag retail and the trends and, and what's happening in ag retail all the time. What are you going to remember most about ag retail in 2023?
3: Yeah, I've got I'm in a little bit of a sentimental mood this morning, Chip, (laughs) as you said, uh, we also have snow falling here in East Central Missouri. It's not sticking because we're still at 40 degrees, but at least the snow is falling and we're looking back on 2023. This is my last scheduled time to come talk to you this year, so. I thought back, well, what is the big takeaway from this year in ag retail? And I'm going to sum it up, and it it might sound a little harsh, but I think we are elevating the conversation around technology beyond just technology for technology's sake. And I would highlight that in a couple of different ways. And, And we could easily go to the example of drones. And are they a toy or are they a tool? But we have a number of examples of how retailers are really taking their scouting prowess with drones and bringing value to the farmer. We can also talk about the digitization of the farmer's input decisions and how many ag retailers have launched either grower portals, mobile apps, or ways that they are just simply doing business differently with their growers. And then there's also just the overall technology as far as What is possible and what is necessary when it comes to traceability, no matter the sustainability platform, carbon market, et cetera, but how do we get scalability and reliability in our field data to really bring these programs to full fruition?
0: Technology was right at the top of the list, no doubt about it. Good stuff, Margie. Happy New Year.
3: See you guys next year.
0: All right. That is Margie camp editor of The Scoop. Get more at the daily scoop.com. Phil Flynn's next.
4: The Scoop on AgriTalk is brought to you by tyrannus moving the acre forward. Every acre tells a story. Find yours at acreforward.com. That's acreforward.com. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time.
1: AgriTalk
4: is brought to you by the Advanced Acre Rx program from Winfield United. To hear directly from farmers how Advanced Acre Rx helps you get the most out of your season, visit winfieldunited.com AARX.
0: Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip Flory. Glad you're with us on this Wednesday morning. We need to talk about what's going on in the energy markets with so much stuff happening around the world, creating uncertainty for the market as we go forward. We need to get to the bottom line. Nobody better to help us do that than Phil Flynn, energy analyst at the Price Futures Group. Phil, happy, well, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. I'm glad that you're with us here this morning.
5: I'm glad to be here and happy Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Yeah. I know, and I'm really praying it's going to be a better, better year of the new year uh, yeah. because this year is ending a little scary, especially when it comes to the risk to supply for oil and yeah. just about every other commodity, you know, around the block.
0: Yep, absolutely. I read your blog this morning. The title is pretty simple. Oil insecurity. I mean, is is that the overriding issue for 2024 oil and energy insecurity?
5: I think it is. I mean, when you look at what's been happening just over the last few months, um, the risk to oil supply is greater than it's been, I, I would argue, since the Arab oil embargo, which was over 50 years ago, right? And uh, to me, it's almost amazing that we're allowing you know, this this Iranian-backed Houthi or Houthi rebel group to be shutting down international shipping lanes. I mean, that's an act of war, right? Yes. And to allow Iran, who's been emboldened by a lot of oil revenue the last couple of years, being able to support every terror group in the world, if you look around the world, you know, all roads lead back to Iran and and The appeasement of Iran by allowing them to, you know, sell oil and raise billions of dollars has had real negative consequences for the globe.
0: Yeah. You know, and I absolutely 100 percent get what you're talking about in, in your blog and and this concern about global supplies. But the. It is higher than it, – it, the risk to the global oil supply is higher than it's been in 50 years, but the U.S. is producing more oil than it ever has. Isn't that right?
5: It's true. I mean, okay. and in spite of the fact that the Biden administration is trying to thwart them every step of the way,
0: right? Right.
5: I mean, did you hear what they did with oil leases here? And yeah. Which is absolutely crazy. We have the least amount of uh, approved leases for offshore drilling ever, which is totally – a contradiction if you want to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Because if you look around the globe, we still need oil. The cleanest way to produce it in the world is offshore drilling, So, but we ban that. And then we look to places like Iran and Venezuela where they produce some of the dirtiest oil in the world uh, yeah. it, You know, to make up the difference. That doesn't make sense. And that type of energy policy is the reason why you know, we get kicked in the teeth. Yes, the U.S. energy producers, they've been amazing, breaking records, producing more oil than ever, despite everything we've thrown in their face. But yet new regulations when it comes to methane is going to shut a lot of that production down. So, you know, enjoy it while you can, because if the regulatory shift doesn't shift, uh, we're going to see that production start to fall.
0: Well, and you can produce all the oil, that that we are but it doesn't remove the headwinds that we've got logistically uh you know moving that product around the country refining into transportation fuel it it it, we're doing we're we're producing a lot of oil it doesn't mean that that we've got a secure future because of some of these other headwinds
5: you're absolutely right you know in fact they're um, if you look at some of the new regulations that are coming down, uh, you know, adding more ethanol into the fuel, uh, while that's great, it's going to tighten up supplies, right, of products. It's going to make it more difficult for refiners to produce a, a lot of that oil. It's also going to um, disrupt supplies to other parts of the world, Um that don't have these type of regulations, so that leads to tighter supplies and higher prices. But you're right; the whole energy infrastructure in the world of supply chains are under attack right now. They're under attack by you know the the green energy lobby, which you know I call them the green energy industrial complex. You know, uh, you know, back in 1961, we were warned. know by president eisenhower about the military industrial complex i'm almost i'm worried about that because the world's going crazy but i'm more worried right now about the green uh energy industrial complex i think that's a huge threat to the economy our 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 our, you know national security uh and it's gone crazy and if we don't rein that in we're going to lose a lot of things that we value in this country and that's freedom the freedom to move you know, because now, you know, they don't even want to control where you go or when you go. They want to control what you eat and how you cook it, yeah, <laughs> what you cook yeah. it on. I mean, that's yeah. they, they're trying to control every aspect of your life. We need to stand up and say no more.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, we, we have talked about geopolitical tensions around the globe in the past, Phil. But I don't know if we've talked about or talked at a time where there are two active wars, one in Ukraine one between Israel and Hamas, throw in the influence of Iran. You mentioned the Houthis uh, and, and attacks on U.S. bases. Phil, this is about a crazy, a geopolitical environment as the global energy markets have had to deal with ever.
5: Yeah. You know, if, if we were a football team, would you say the U.S. is having a winning year? No. no, Right. You know, and and if, you you know, at this time of the season, everybody's calling for, you know, the the head coaches to be fired. Well, I want our head coach to be fired because you look at the track record of how the world has become so unstable over the last couple of years. And I I can go back to the Afghanistan pullout. You know, I can go back to the appeasement of Iran, giving them billions of dollars when they, they, they they were on their economic knees, you know, under the last administration. The maximum pressure campaign on iran it shut them down uh, we had peace in the middle east you know we were on the verge of the abraham accords a historic movement of getting countries like saudi arabia and the uae to actually you know recognize israel you know we were going in the right direction and all of a sudden we went 100 percent the opposite direction right yeah and a lot of it comes down to iran i mean they're funding yes. hezbollah they're fun- funding uh they're f- funding hamas and they're funding these rebels Uh, And and that, I think, is going to be viewed as a major historic mistake, and and we're feeling the ramifications from that now.
0: Phil, you know, you see – you hear the reports that we've – that U.S. bases have been attacked more than 100 times in 2023, and there wasn't a counterattack until after military personnel were injured. Why would you – why do you wait that long? If they attack you that many times – make it stop, hit them where it hurts.
5: I agree. I mean, you know, there has been a few slaps on the hands. uh, Yeah. And and the the slaps on the hands was only encouraged more activity. Uh, You know, and, and, and again, this is a sign of weakness. You know, the Biden administration will tell you, well, we don't want to create a wider war. We still want to engage Iran, you know, because we have hopes they'll get back into the Iranian nuclear deal. Hey, the Iranian nuclear deal was flawed. It still allowed Iran to get a nuclear weapon. And look at what they've done when they've got a few billions of dollars. Look at the the, the havoc they've caused around the globe. And, and these are guys you want to get on a path to get a nuclear weapon? Absolutely not. So, no, I right. mean, I think we've made some huge historic wonders. I think President Biden coming in um, to office, you know, telling Saudi Arabia they were going to make them a pariah state was not the most diplomatic way to handle that right. situation. Uh, It pushed Saudi Arabia closer to our adversaries, like in China and other places. You've you've empowered Iran, and, and, um, you know, the havoc is right in front of everybody's faces, and we're going to see it in energy prices. I know prices go up, they go down, but, you know, every person in America is paying for this policy.
0: Yes, yes. Okay, we've only got about a minute left. I can't believe that. This goes so fast with you. Uh, Talk about risk management. Farmers use a fair amount of fuel. It's an input cost that deserves management. Sounds to me like you'd rather own some fuel coverage sooner rather than later.
5: Absolutely. And, and and again, I mean, you know, going back to the risk to supply. And and listen, we know the economy can slow down, you know, and maybe prices can come back down. Maybe we're going to have this warm winter forever. Maybe it won't get cold. Maybe diesel prices will be okay. But if you're a hedger, you can't take that chance. Not in this environment. You got to at least have some calls or some protection, you know, because if we do get the Strait of Hormuz shut off, and we get into a shooting war with Iran, uh, you know, or, you know, these new regulations create shortages of these fuels, we're going to see those prices go up and we're seeing warning signs, you know, from the producers that, hey, you know, when it comes to diesel supplies, don't be complacent. We're really concerned about where we're going to be come harvest time next year. I think you got to take those warnings seriously uh, or at least figure it into your equation
0: yeah the unknowns and the insecurities hold more upside risk than provide downside potential so like you said why wouldn't you have some coverage in place phil happy new year my friend thank you so happy much it's year. great to talk with you thank you sir all right that's phil flynn energy analyst with the price futures group we're gonna get the farmer forum going next here on Agritalk.
1: Time for Markets Now with the experts from Pro Farmer.
0: Yeah, I'm Chip Flory. I'll go ahead and take care of what's going on in the markets. We've got Davis gone. We've got Brian gone this week. They're out for some deserved time off. Yesterday at this time, we were talking about gains across the board in the grain markets. Today, we're talking about losses across the board in the grain markets. And I would argue that not a lot has changed fundamentally in these markets in just 24 hours. But after a 20 plus cent gain in the wheat market yesterday, we're giving it back a little more than half of those gains today. Just some backing and filling in that wheat market and that downside pressure, the downside correction in wheat futures is providing some spillover support to the corn market you get spillover pressure excuse me spillover pressure onto the corn market you get that spillover pressure that's going to turn into some spillover in the soy complex as well those rains that we saw over the weekend were beneficial in central brazil maybe not as widespread as what they were hoping for as what traders were hoping for when they went home last friday but nonetheless it did rain they were beneficial the forecast going forward is mostly dry, mostly hot. But there are some opportunities for some scattered rains in there. And that's, that's I think, is what's got the market under pressure here this morning. A little bit of a setback in the live cattle market, but the lower corn prices have got feeder cattle trading to the upside. If the trends hold, hopefully the mid-morning gains in feeder cattle will help pull that live cattle market to the upside before the end of the day lean hog futures were sharply lower yesterday getting a bit just a bit of an upside correction today that's markets now here on agritalk
1: to produce higher yields and greater value at harvest timing is everything full scale from helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction.
4: Opinions expressed on Agritalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. We don't make the news, we render it. Agritalk.
0: It is time for this week's Farmer Forum here on Agritalk. Glad that you're with us. I'm your host, Chip Flory. Let's get this thing started. We've got Brad from Southeast Minnesota brad nelson how you doing buddy
6: i'm doing well chip how
0: about you doing real fine merry christmas bud uh it's uh it's been a little while since we last talked everything good
6: yes yeah it has been a while and yeah everything's good i really like the weather outside of it. it's been pretty dry since <laughs> yeah. harvest time we've had a lot of good temperatures and we did get inch and two tenths of rain christmas day and christmas eve day so that was a big kind of a big deal for us yeah. i think here so
0: yeah we that's about what we got down here in northeast iowa it and it is a big deal <laughs> you know it uh it seems a little silly to say that that's a big deal but after as dry as we had gotten it i don't <laughs> it is a big deal to get that much rain. let's go ahead and bring in Bob Bertzel from uh, Northwest Missouri into the conversation as well. Hey, buddy! Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. How you doing? Merry
7: Christmas and Happy New Year to you, Chip. Uh, doing well, doing well. We've Good. got uh, we've been kind of we've been dry here, but we've got uh, had ended up with an inch and ninety of rain, and we ended up with about four inches of snow. And here it's still spitting snow here today. Um, About two of it's still out there on the ground. So running right at 32 degrees, so making for a sloppy day to take care of cattle.
0: Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt. Hey, uh, let's start with a crop report from Brad and and see how things wrapped up down there in southeast Minnesota uh, this, this last year. Because, Brad, it seems like you were right on the edge of where it was really, really tough going on on
6: rain this year. Is that right? Oh, uh, There's no question about it. You take my county and the extremes from southeast to northwest and, you know, just east of me is, it's like night and day, you know. Yeah. There's, get in the southeastern part of the county and they really had a, a lot rougher gold than right where I am in the central part of the county and I have some land in the northern part of the county and that was better than where than where I live and I mean virtually every mile east you went the crop yield drops yeah and I mean my eastern fields are my lowest yielding fields and well there's corn or beans and yeah. you know and I don't I'm not that widespread west to east so yeah but it's worked that way well we
0: saw that on we we saw that in in the third week of august out on crop tour as soon as we've got east of i-35 and it really didn't matter yep. where you were north to south you get east of i-35 and thing it it's like we drove into a different world
6: uh,
0: brad it yep. it was that noticeable that quickly yep yep, yep. and
6: that It proved out that way. I mean, I got neighbors that I talk to regularly that are just four miles to the east and both their corn and beans are less than mine, you know, and that's less, or that's not very far, four miles, you know? Yeah. You know, it's it's really something how it was so different and agronomic practices mattered a lot this year too. You know, drainage. You know, having good drainage and fertility in your ground, made for better yields. Uh, You know, I know of fields right across gravel roads from each other that had 45, 50 bushel yield differences. And, (laughs) you know, know, nothing against cover crops and those sorts of things. But that sapped out a lot of moisture out of the soil for guys that use that. That system, especially in corn, you know, and it yeah. it hurt those corn yields where they had that. Yeah. You know, they just didn't have as much water at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've talked to a lot of uh, cover croppers that have said if 2023 was the first year that you try to cover crop, you pro- it's going to be hard to convince them to come back and try it again because of some of the issues. No, that I 100% to believe
6: with. that. Yep. You know, yep. I 100% believe it.
0: Yeah, Bob, what about you down there? Go ahead,
6: Brad. I was just going to say corn was better for me than beans, you know, as far as a monetary standpoint. and You know, to think, I know you've had discussion on where beans are going to go for next year, needing three, four million acres more beans. But, boy, I sure don't see guys switching what they've been doing here to add more bean acres because they don't, it doesn't pay
0: Interesting. You
6: know, at these bean, bean yield levels and what the revenue that we're offered these days, you know, I, the revenue I'm offered on corn, I can make a little bit of money right now, you know, but not yeah. beans.
0: Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. Obviously, you're not the first one that we've heard that from, but uh, we continue to hear it. And that decision is is getting more and more locked in all the time on what the acreage mix is going to be. And and right now I think the guys that are looking for that big drop in corn acres might be a little bit disappointed as we get into the season. Bob, what about you down in Northwest Missouri? What kind of a growing season did you have? And I, I know that you're more cow-calf operator than than row crop, but how did it all play out for you?
7: Um. It kind of like up there everywhere it's spotty it's all over the board uh we caught that storm uh what been about the first part of, last of june first of july where we had the high winds and it goosenecked a lot of corn uh guys just had a i heard all kind you know yield losses up to 50 bushel to the acre uh eardroppage and not being able to get it harvested just because the corn was in such a mess uh so we we missed most of it. We had got, uh, since I'm mostly cattle, I concentrated on getting pasture fertilizer and stuff on and got ready to start planting my little dab the middle of May. And then it started raining and we sat for two weeks. So all of my stuff was planted the last week in May. And uh, so the corn wasn't our corn wasn't big enough to really get bothered by the high winds, but uh, there was a lot of it laying flat around here for or almost flat for quite a while. So. Wow.
0: What about the forage year for you? Did you, you get enough put up?
7: We, we got enough put up. Uh, you know, we caught enough rain early and I got the fertilizer on early that, you know, we had had a decent, decent yield. It was down, but uh, we'd had enough that uh, we'll be all right. And, uh I'm kinda with the getting the, the age I'm getting and the way things are working out, I'm kinda shifting my cows and I've I was so I sold seventy head of cows there the other day, hmm. uh some red um spring calves and uh Did you like the market get, for those? Uh they, it was decent. It wasn't anything to brag about, but you know uh, what I sold was uh, we we'd had some bull problems and bulls got out and all that fun stuff. And I was trying to get uh, what I what I sold was I had no clue when they were going to cab. You know they were second and third stage. Some of them were first stage uh so it was just they didn't have a calf on them but they were bred and i had no idea when they were going to cav and uh i'd like to get down to tps if i can since so it's going to be so close and uh i didn't want to be having uh it's always fun to get a call and say you've got calves coming <laughs> when you're not around <laughs> and the weather's starting to get bad and, and you don't right. know you're supposed to be having them
0: yeah that's right you, okay so you're like you you Moved some cows through the sale barns. Do you know anybody that's starting to build their herds and and expand from what they were a year ago?
7: I haven't, and from from what I've been seeing from the sales, I'm clearing this, having another bred cow sales uh, tomorrow. I'm going to slip up. the they've got some fall pairs. I'm trying to get rotated over to. We've been fall cabin, been about half and half, and I'm trying to get things rolled over to where I'm all fall cabin and. Uh, cut down some of my that way i'm not having to worry about kevin and in, in a snowstorm so yeah
0: yeah yeah absolutely
7: but I, I check the market out a little bit tomorrow
0: but bob you know we we continue to look for what's going to be that next generation of cow calf operator out there and i is the financial incentive in place to attract a new generation
7: I, I don't know if it's there yet, you know, especially with interest rates moving up. So, uh, you know, and all of the ex- other expenses is, you know, fertilizer's still high, uh, you know, if around here that, um, if you want a hay crop, you've got to put on at least 50 pound and then you start throwing in, uh, 40 or 50 pound, of P and K on top of that, your fertilizer bill adds up in a hurry. Uh, The pasture ground you can get by, you know, you can drop it back to 40 pounds if you got plenty of pasture and you, you know, you're not needing quite as much PK because you're using the recycle out of the cattle. So, yep. Yep. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's not a lot expenses. there. I've been, there's still expenses and I've been trying to find somebody maybe to kind of work in with it and kind of start rotating it over since, uh, Jess has decided that she would, she'd rather stay teaching with two little girls and 20 miles yep. away from the main operation. So, yeah,
0: uh, yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Um, we're in the middle of the farmer forum. We've covered some ground. We've, we've done the harvest reports and, and what's going on on, on Bob's, uh, cow calf operation down there. When we come back, there's a couple of things that I want to talk about very specifically. Brad is, ha- has, Always been a big supporter of ethanol and biofuels in general. We've been saying that 2023 was a good year for ethanol production. How I shouldn't say ethanol production. For ethanol and the biofuels from some regulatory points of view. We'll find out from Brad just how good of a year it might have been. What his thoughts are for the year ahead. And then Bob is part of a peer group. How does that help him make decisions going into the year ahead? We've got a lot of ground to cover yet on this week's Farmer Forum with Bob and Brad.
4: From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The best talkers in ag, including you. Join the conversation on Agritalk. Call us at 855-4-TALK-AG.
0: Welcome back to Agritalk and the Farmer Forum. I'm Chip Flori. We've got Bob Bertzel from Missouri. Brad Nelson from Minnesota. Biofuels had a good year in 2023. So good that Pro Farmer selected the Biofuels Resurgence as the Pro Farmer Ag Story of the Year. Brad, was it that good of a year in 2023 for the biofuels? Was there that much opportunity opened?
6: Well, I think that the industry did quite well. I'm not on a board of a plant anymore, so you know I don't know numbers like I used to. But I, Mm -hmm. I do know they had really good margins in the fall and throughout the summer, and you know they tailed off some now and. You know, production-wise for 24, I don't see why it wouldn't hang in there at what we've been doing. And you'd like to see an increase in production and and sales, of course, but you just don't know if that's going to take place. You're fighting reed vapor pressure again for E15 come summer in some states. And, you know, you're constantly having to get things like that and, you know, approved again. and. Right. You know, an E15 is a key component to demand for the ethanol industry, so. Absolutely. And yes. when it comes to greenhouse gases and all that stuff, it, I mean, if climate change is real, and I've said it on the show before, E15 is a no-brainer, but they, you know, they uh, seem yeah. to waffle on it a lot. So I don't, to me, their climate change is a, just a bunch of baloney. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep. Poor. Well,
0: and the, and the thing is, even even if climate change is 100% legit and it is driven by man and fossil fuels. Even if that is the case, if the administration was really committed to fighting it, they would be taking E15 and even higher blends and talking to the automakers and saying let's get the right engines in these vehicles to use higher blends of ethanol so that we can cut our greenhouse gas emissions and instead they're blowing smoke with EVs Brad it it, it yeah, just that's
7: exactly right it it uh,
0: it is frustrating as heck uh to to see to hear the talk and then see the lack of action. Um, It's absolutely amazing to me. Well, and here's the deal. Whether it's real or not, there's billions of dollars, billions of dollars that are being spent on climate-smart farming practices, on solar farms, on wind farms, and all of that is happening. And, Brad, do you wonder if that could all go away in January of, 2025, if there is a change in the residency of the White House? Well, do I think
6: it'll go away? No, I think it'll still be used. But what I think, I mean, I have solar on my farm. Yeah. And so I have, you know, I understand the revenue that it took to put it in. I know the subsidies that went into it. I know what I gain out of it and, you know, I see what my electric costs have done. And, you know, electric costs have done nothing with solar and wind except go up. The average mm-hmm. consumer's paying a lot more for for energy than they ever have because of, of putting in this type of power. And, you know, a lot of consumers probably don't realize it, but it's gone up substantially because yeah. of having to pay for solar and wind, you know? yeah the government subsidies and the power company subsidies, and they still have a lot of gains to raise revenue, even if it's a public utility company. There's a lot of costs that you see on your bill, like winter demand charge for one day or summer demand charge for one day is 300 bucks or something, you know, per month. And so it's just, it's not a straight make money selling power to the company with solar, you know. Right,
0: right, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, Bob, a lot of decisions being made this time of the year and early into the next month. You work with a peer group, and I don't want to get into too many details about it. I just generally want to hear how working with that peer group helps you in your decision-making.
7: Well, you've got... You know, they always say two heads better than one, and our we've we've got. Uh, you know, I've, I've I've lost track. I think there's nine nine group nine operations represented in our peer group, uh, mm-hmm. scattered from Nebraska, Iowa, and then I'm in Northwest Missouri. Uh, so you know you've got and several age groups there. From every, you know you get to hear everything from everybody's perspective. Uh, you know. Uh, I'm the oldest. I think, uh, I give Ted a hard time. I think they uh, got me on there just so they wouldn't, so I'd be the old, old man of the group. And, uh, then I, I think the youngest one is, uh, late twenties, yep. early thirties. So we've got a wide range of ages in there. So you get so many different perspectives, uh, about how things are working.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't that get you talking in circles sometimes?
7: well you can if you're not careful but you know we're we're pretty good uh about uh getting stuff like you know trying to get the question answered and you know it's just like anything else what works on one farm doesn't work on the other but uh you you've got that chance to kind of hash things out and see see if see what you're thinking it, will work or what they think of it and uh if you know somebody says well it, it didn't work but we thought maybe if it, this happened that it might work so you know if you want to try it you go ahead and maybe take yep. their i take what you was thinking and their ideas and uh run with so, it then
0: so if you know somebody that is thinking about joining a peer, peer group like what you've got access to what would you tell them
7: uh, find a group you fit in with. Well, we are like, you know, we are like a great big family that, you know, we've been together long enough, you know, the first part of the meeting is, um, uh, check up on how everybody's family's doing and yeah. what's going on there. And then, then you really get in, start doing your dive into stuff, but, gotcha. uh, you know, you've got to have, you know, you've got to have people that will get, get along and, you know, you've, you can't yeah. be on the same wing fleet, but you know, you've got to kind of be, you all want to kind of be moving in the same type of direction, so right. th- you gotcha. don't have a lot of friction within the group.
0: Gotcha. Hey, um, guys, you know, we, have- we, we are out of time here. we got to move on. Happy New Year to you guys. Bob Bertzel from Missouri, Brad Nelson from Minnesota.